Welcome to the Public Safety Innovators Podcast. Connecting you with trendsetters who are leading innovation in public safety and expert advice on growing your own post-law enforcement business. And now, your host, Adam Wills. Welcome to episode 45 of the Public Safety Innovators Podcast. On today's show, we have Amanda Lewis. Amanda is an investigator at Facebook and an active participant in helping cops transition into corporate security. She has carved out a bit of a niche for herself in being a natural at translating your experience in law enforcement to a corporate resume. Today on the show, we'll be talking about how cops are uniquely suited to be entrepreneurs and how to translate your skills and experience into growing your own business. All right, let's dive into the show. Welcome to the Public Safety Innovators Podcast. Today we have Amanda Lewis on the show. Amanda, I have been really looking forward to this. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you on. So we've been chatting quite a bit lately because, uh, well, for for those that uh, maybe don't follow you on LinkedIn, you are an investigator with Facebook. Is that right? I am. I am. Yeah. Just I just passed my first face anniversary in in April. A face aversary, huh? Yeah. Is that what they call it? Yeah, you can Google oh, it. Man. They have like articles, but it's uh, it's when you've been here for <laughs> a year, and so um, it's a significant achievement and uh, to to be there for any period of time. But you know, especially years, we we like to count those and celebrate those. And so, um, yeah. But we're not here to talk about Facebook, right? We're here to talk about some of the things I'm doing on the side to to sort of yeah help, help people transition from the pre- public sector into the private sector. Yeah. So this is what I think is really cool. So you and I, we actually connected on one of Scott Walker's Friday happy hours that he does, uh, talking about transition to from law enforcement to corporate security. And uh, you've been kind of part of that little circle, I guess, if you will, with Scott Walker and Carlos Francisco and a few others, and um, really just kind of paying it forward to people that are interested in transition, because there are a lot, a lot, a lot of law enforcement officers right now, not to get into the politics of everything, but there's a lot of law enforcement officers around the country right now that are that are looking at transitioning out of law enforcement into doing other things, which is part of the reason why we started uh, LEO to CEO as well. But anyway, you and I connected because you've carved out sort of a niche for yourself within that group as being somebody who is an expert at helping cops translate their work experience into a functional resume that's not a hot steaming pile of garbage. And uh, so you and I connected on that. And I, it was just fascinating to me how you are able to take the experiences and skill sets that a law enforcement officer has over a 10, 15, 20, 30 year career and be able to guide them in from saying, well, I worked gangs, which may or may not have a direct application to their their potential role in the corporate security world. And you're able to take that and reframe that experience into something that is actually useful. Is that right? 
That's absolutely right. And I do see I worked gangs. And I also see I worked this specific gang. And um, that's that's my favorite thing to kind of dial back. <laughs> probably Fa- the fact Facebook that doesn't are, have a lot of problems with Serenios or, or they, any mean, of the other corporate security. There's probably I mean. <laughs> a team that does that. I'm not sure. Right. That's not my team. But but yes, probably you're not worried about like Norteños and Serenios in, in applying for a particular job, unless the job the GKI, actually yeah. specifically asks for that, right? Maybe you right. are going to be working on some sort of counter gang unit or counterterrorism unit where you have to have specialized expertise, in which case do put that on your resume. But 90% of the time, you're not going to need that. So let's unpack this idea a little bit more. And then we, we want to talk more directly with this audience about uh, how we can apply the same concept to understanding how your skills and your experience translate into the business world as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, right? And so, but let's let's unpack the idea here first, because I think it gives us a base and foundational understanding of what are some examples of the sort of things, I mean, you gave one there already, but some of the other things that you see on a resume that you can then massage into something that is more beneficial. Absolutely. So the first step is really understanding what the need is. So what the job description is that you're applying for, because how you frame your skills is going to directly depend on what the need is, right? So if I am looking for someone who specializes in a particular gang or gangs in a particular region, definitely you want to put that on your resume. But if I'm looking for a, maybe a threat investigator more generally, then or or a, a threat investigations manager, because if you've been in the police force for 15, 20, 30 years, you probably have a lot of leadership experience that you can you can then contribute beyond, you know, like I'm a really good worker bee. So if we're applying for those management roles, we might want to think about how did I lead a gang unit? And maybe it's not important that it's a gang unit, but I led a team of people and how many people and what did that result yeah. in? And and those kinds of transferable skills and how did I coach them in their report writing? And am I maybe a uh, someone who, who testifies at court or um, like a court expert that I had to be an expert witness on uh, all these other sort of trials just because of my experience? If that's part of what this role is, then that's definitely something that you want to include. So the lens through which you view your experience is going to vary based on the need. So if you are applying for an investigations role, then let's look at it through the role through the eyes of an investigator. If you're an entrepreneur, how do I then view my skills through that lens? So maybe that looks like I am really good at community building because you can't be an entrepreneur really without some sort of customer base or audience. Right. And so you have to build those relationships. Creating content and engagement. Yeah. Absolutely. And so maybe you are a community resource officer, right? And so maybe you have a lot of experience building community relationships and resolving community conflicts or preemptively addressing needs before they get to sort of a boiling point. And all of these things would be really good if you were an entrepreneur. Yeah, that's excellent. I I have to tell you from my own experience, right? Because 
when I, when I transitioned out of my law enforcement career and started my business, my business has nothing, <laughs> absolutely nothing to do with law enforcement, uh, other than the fact that you know, I prefer to work with clients that are in the public safety space, right? But, uh, you know, web design and marketing strategy and, and those sorts of things have nothing to do with law enforcement. So I'd get people that would ask me all the time, uh, especially that first year after I transitioned out of law enforcement, started my business, people would say, how in the world did you go from being a cop to being a, a marketing consultant, right? And, and and honestly, I struggled with how to respond to that. It didn't click for me for quite some time on how just how my skills actually translated. And where it clicked for me was when I went off, I, I became a story brand certified guide and story brand is it's a story based marketing framework that really is very effective, highly effective. And it, it really, what triggered for me was this, one of the, the things that I did that I specialized in, in my law enforcement career, I was a CVSA examiner, certified voice stress analyzer examiner, which is kind of like the polygraph. And when I went and, and was trained and certified on the CVSA, they taught us this concept of narrative transportation theory. And the whole concept of narrative transportation was that when you utilize story in communication, interpersonal communication, it creates a more effective form of communication. And so um, the way that translated into our interview and interrogation skills was that you, you really want to utilize this concept of narrative transportation to make a person feel comfortable, right? It's, it's not high intense, like interrogation. This is, this is an environment where somebody, where you build a rapport and they feel like they can share things with you, but then you, you have them frame things in, in a story, right? So rather than, you know, direct question, answer this, how did this happen? It's, you know, walk me through it. Tell me about your day. Tell me the story, right? And so story is very powerful. It, it is built into our, our, our inner being. And therefore it's easy to extract information when using story. And so where this triggered for me, when I went to become a story brand guide, <laughs> Dr. JJ Peterson, who's part of StoryBrand, and he wrote a doctoral thesis about the StoryBrand framework. And in that doctoral thesis, he talked about how the StoryBrand framework is based upon narrative transportation theory. And all of a sudden, this light bulb went off for me where I'm like, oh, my law enforcement skills and, and career does translate into what I'm doing now as a marketing strategist because I'm utilizing the same skill set with narrative transportation theory. And once I realized that it was like a veil was taken off my eyes and I was able to then see how all of my other skills also translated. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's fascinating. I think story is absolutely the most powerful. We're ingrained into it with, as children and even as far back as sort of like the Lasco cave paintings, you know, we're, we're not just painting horses just to paint horses. We're, we're, telling a story at, at some point uh, in history or yeah. using these visual representations to, to no doubt tell some sort of story. And narrative is just the most effective way to communicate those. Yeah, it is truly a universal language. So let me ask you this, Amanda, and this is 
it's a loaded question because I'm 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 going to ask the question by prefacing it with a, a, a belief statement. <laughs> I I personally believe that there is no other career out there that requires um, the professional to be as well versed, well rounded, and knowledgeable about a multitude of things as law enforcement. I really think that that is true. And if, and if we agree that that's true, then I feel like the next plausible statement is that cops are uniquely suited to be entrepreneurs. And so if we agree on that, what is it then that creates this barrier that makes it difficult for law enforcement officers to translate that vast skill and experience into real world skills that apply to being an entrepreneur and starting their own business. So I think you framed this question like it was going to be hard, but I think the answer is easy. And okay, awesome. Yeah. So I think the answer comes back to what we just talked about story. We tell stories to ourselves about ourselves and who we are and what we are and what we can do. And so when you think about a police officer, most people sort of in, in society's sort of mass consciousness, we think about police officers and what do we think about? We think about maybe, you know, like uh, guys in cop cars, you know, we think about maybe like chips sort of in the cultural memory. If you remember Ponch and John, you know, we think about, you know, driving down the road with lights and sirens. We think about arresting people. We think about all of these things. We traditionally in the story of, you know, Joe policeman, what we think about. And so if you identify as Joe policeman, I am a policeman. You're, you're in that story of a policeman. And it's not until you start thinking about yourself in terms of the skills and capabilities that you have that you can change the story you tell about yourself, right? And then you can kind of start to branch into, oh, maybe I am an entrepreneur, or maybe I'm more than just this sort of uh, cartoon cutout of a police officer, and I am this complex person, and I can use these skills in different ways and create my own new narrative. I think this is where a lot of people get lost too when they get out of things that have a very strong sense of story or, or a sort of very strong character, like military and law enforcement, public safety. Like you're a firefighter yeah. or you're a soldier or you're a sailor or you're, um, you know, a gunner's mate. You know, I look at like gunner's mates resumes and they're all about guns and then they're applying for corporate security positions. And again, we probably <laughs> don't need to know about the guns. But you're, you're caught in this story. And so when you start to think about actually the skills that underpin that, then you can start to change like what my character is and which hat I'm wearing. Absolutely. Well, there you go, guys. Amanda's dropping truth bombs here. Um, that, that one is definitely going to become a pull quote for the show. Um, I, I love it. I love it. Very well said. I, so I wonder then, uh, how do we start? translating some of those those skills right so like i already gave an example from my own personal experience what are some things front of your mind like if we were to start giving um guys and gals that are listening to this show right now some um easy wins right now for either their own resume or just to give them encouragement that they do possess uh the, the right skills to start their own business what are some things that you can right now correlate that are common skills that cops have that translate well into entrepreneurial skills? Sure. So first, I would say leadership. 
in our military and law enforcement communities and firefighting and public safety, generally speaking, what I've seen is that there are, there's leadership sort of drilled into people from a very, very early period in their careers. And that's not always something that you see in other career fields and not as significantly because the prices are that much higher if you fail, right? So if I'm a terrible leader as a police officer and I can't efficiently uh, mitigate this crisis situation, like people might die, um, or I'm now, you know, 22 and a police officer and my first assignment is a, a homicide that I have to now counsel like a grieving family member and extract information so I can find out who caused this homicide. Like these are things that the general public who are not involved in these communities are not necessarily going to have those skills. And those are personal leadership skills and as well as, as leadership skills that they can sort of use on other people and mitigate these crises situations. So that's one. I think also uh, as a police officer, you have to have a really good sense of psychology, understand why people might do something yeah, and be able to anticipate that and be able to kind of read people really well. And I think that is a skill that's not maybe thought of when you're thinking about police officers, you, you don't think about like, oh, they're like kind of assessing situations and reading people. But those people skills, that's emotional intelligence ultimately, right? And there may be some ways in which certain sort of subsections of, of police officers or these sort of, they're kind of more, more macho professions, if you'll forgive me. Like there's right. some areas in which maybe emotional intelligence is not as common, but yeah. in that sense of understanding other people, there's multiple aspects to emotional intelligence, and that's one of them, right? And yeah, so they're very, very they're well often said. very skilled in that in that aspect. If you're a copreneur, I'm sure you've uttered the words to yourself, I just wish I wasn't such a perfectionist. A byproduct of our type A personalities and the nature of a career in law enforcement, many of us become perfectionists. There's no shame in giving yourself a backhanded compliment, but the shame is in continuing to do so. Perfectionism isn't the positive trait in entrepreneurship, but rather it's a security blanket. Perfectionism just becomes the word you hide behind so you never have to face the possibility of rejection, failure, or fear. Those that hide behind the excuse of perfectionism will never experience true success. While they hide their imperfect ideas from the world, they will one day realize that they accomplished very little over the course of their lifetime. The most dangerous way we sabotage ourselves is by waiting for the most perfect moment to begin. Nothing works perfectly the first time or the first 100 times. Everything has a learning curve and the beginning is just that, a beginning. Half of the secret formula to becoming a successful entrepreneur is simply putting your ideas out into the wild imperfectly and unashamedly while being willing to fail. So if you want to overcome perfectionism to put yourself on the path towards success, here's what you need to do. First, surrender your desire to do it flawlessly on the first try. It's not possible. Then learn to learn, learn to fail, and lastly, Learn to learn from failing. The Business Brief is sponsored by leo2ceo.com, where you can listen to every chapter and find everything you need to grow your post-law enforcement business. Uh, 
I'll throw out I'll throw out a couple that to me are really front of mind. I feel like these these two are are very powerful, and I think they apply to anybody that's that's either currently in or has been in a law enforcement career. I would almost even say that they're obvious. My only hesitation in saying that is that, like I told you, it took me a while to to come to this conclusion myself. So, but I would say to add to that, one of those is that juggling calls, you know, the way cops are expected to do. I mean, running call to call to call and then figuring out how to get your reports done somewhere in between or after. But that that juggling of responsibilities can very easily be directly applied to the multi-hat reality of entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're especially in the early days of your, of your business and starting up and you're bootstrapping literally everything. You're doing everything yourself on your own. You are juggling a lot of plates and it's, it's very similar to having, you know, 10 calls pending in your district and, uh, and you're the only one that's available to shag them, you know, and it's very similar. I can't, I, I can't even tell you the number of times that I've been in that exact situation, driving from one call to another, dictating a report on my phone, uh, just, or a recorder back before we had smartphones. Um, but (laughs) dictating a report, in order to be able to just check a box and get it done. Right. Otherwise, I mean, by the end of the day, you're like, man, I'm 10 reports deep and how am I ever going to get this done? Right. So very similar circumstances. And the other one I'll throw out there is that cops, they possess a special type of grit and resilience that is just part of being a cop and is accompanied by uh, intentionally putting yourself in possibly life-threatening situations on a regular basis. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I would also add they're very good at speedy risk assessments and prioritization. So like you talked about, you're juggling all of these calls, but it's not just the first call that comes in. You have to be able to, in in moments, like not only assess which call should I be going to that is the riskiest or sort of like the highest impact. Like, do I go to this domestic violence call or, or this one? And what are the circumstances? And how do I very quickly assess which is the potentially riskiest that I need to go address first to keep the public saved? But then the other piece of that is being able to do that on the spot in a crisis situation and, and monitor multiple things going on at the same time so that you can very quickly respond and not just be sort of shell-shocked trying to figure out what exactly is happening and now where do I, where do I kind of expend my energies? Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Well, I think we could keep going on. Um, but what I'll encourage people to do, and actually the, the couple that I mentioned, I stole from a, a blog post that I wrote uh, a while back. And so I'll, I'll encourage everybody to go check that out. We'll link to it in the show notes as well. Um, but if you just go to leo to ceo.com and then you click on the briefing room at the top menu, um, which is the blog, if you will. And you can, there's a little search bar there. You can search for uh, the title of that particular article is Cops Are Uniquely Suited to Be Entrepreneurs. And you can um, see some more of my thoughts on that. Let's, uh, I want to talk about something that you and I are kind of working on together. Uh, and it's it's not just you and I, but you are you are certainly serving in a, uh, an important piece of that. And so, as I, I mentioned to you before, and I've talked about in my community. I don't think I've, I don't think I've made 
an announcement about it on the show yet, if I'm honest. So I guess maybe this is the first announcement on it. I, I have been working on a law enforcement transition course that will be available at leo2ceo.com. And the purpose of that law enforcement transition course, we wanted to put it out there for free to any cop anywhere in the US or the world that wants to, to go through this course that is trying to understand what their options are and what the paths look like and how to prepare themselves for transition, whether they're 20 years in or 20 months in doesn't, doesn't really matter, but it's a free course. It's not out yet. Hopefully by the time this um, show comes out, I'll have it done. If not, I'm sorry, but I will get it done. And if you, uh, if you want to be informed when that comes out, just hit me up via email at adam at leo2ceo.com. And, uh, I will let you know when that comes out, but either way we put that together with kind of three overarching modules in mind. And the first module was talking about transition itself, right? What does it look like to transition out of law enforcement? What are some of the things that you might expect to happen that you should be prepared for? But what are some of the things that maybe you didn't think about that, that are unexpected that, you know, from my own experience, I can share, Hey, this is what I went through in my transition that I, I just wasn't prepared for. I didn't see it coming, right? Not all bad things, but things that, that if you're aware of will certainly make you more effective, right? And then the second module, um, is going to be about transition specifically from law enforcement into corporate security. And then the third module is going to be about transition from law enforcement into entrepreneurship. Now, I have zero experience being able to speak about the transition from law enforcement to corporate security. And so I brought in Carlos Francisco and Scott Walker were generous enough to put together and record all of the lessons for that module. There's like seven or eight lessons that they put together. And a big portion of that is them talking about how important your resume is when transitioning from law enforcement to cor corporate security and just how many steaming piles of dung that they see come across their desks. And so they're giving the foundational concepts behind the importance of this, but I really wanted to have some examples for people that are going through the course. And so Amanda, you were generous enough that you're putting together some examples for us. You're going to put together some hot steaming pile of poo examples, and you're also going to give us maybe some, some examples of what a good resume looks like and maybe even some templates to work from. So talk about that with, with us a little bit. What do you plan on putting together there and how is that going to be beneficial for everybody? Sure. So um, first of all, I'll say I do have a resume tip sheet on my LinkedIn, which is also free for anyone to use. Um, that kind of talks generally about things to look for. Um, I'm working on another tip sheet right now that has sort of generally some of the other things I see. So for example, you know, people putting too many details into their resume, not enough details into their resume, um, you know, saying like, I'm a B I, I was a patrol cop is probably not enough information or focusing on the wrong details. We talked about the guns sort of analogy earlier. So I've seen, a, I've seen a lot of these and I'm going to be putting together some like sections of resumes. So where we can look at how would we tailor our skills and view them through different lenses for a particular role. So for example, I pulled up one earlier today on, it's a senior director for corporate security and 
they're looking for someone who coordinates intelligence gathering. And I have this sort of screenshot. And I have an example for someone who maybe worked on a vice team. And so obviously, if you're working on the vice team, you're potentially doing undercover operations, and you are doing intelligence gathering, and you're maybe running a team of people who are doing that. Maybe you're working with a task force of other individuals who are running similar operations, and really sort of gathering that intelligence, and then making recommendations based on sort of the sort of increase in intelligence if there's sort of like a sense of, oh, something might happen. How do we preemptively address that? Do we need more staffing? Do we need to run an operation to interdict that? Do we need to increase security or move patrols around the city to kind of mitigate some of these threats? So you might just say, hey, I managed a vice team. But if you were applying for this job, how would I tailor that experience from, hey, I, I made this many arrests and I result in this many convictions those are great statistics, but are maybe not relevant for that piece. Um, but you can right. easily view that through the lens. So I'm, I'm probably going to, I'm going to kind of create sort of a like Ben the policeman uh, sort of example. And this is his kind of like life story. And this is kind of what he's done generally. And then apply how we can view those experiences through different lenses to apply them for different kinds of roles um, that one might apply for. Because not all the roles that you look for are going to say explicitly corporate security. This one said senior director global security. But if you don't know, you might you might be shortchanging what you're looking for. You could look for investigator. You can look for like risk and response. There are all of these different keywords that we're searching for. So I'm going to pull sections from different actual job announcements and kind of take my sort of bend the policeman and apply his pieces of experience so we can see how we might translate some of those skills and how you think about your story as a police officer where you made this this many arrests and you result in this many convictions and you had these kind of jobs in your life as a policeman in that story and frame that so that you can start to transition into a new uh, a new character and a new story in the next chapter of your book. Awesome. I'm really looking forward to that. That sounds really, really awesome. There's going to be a lot of great resources for people to utilize there. And so thank you for doing that. Um, sincerely. I mean, I, I thank you. Thank you for doing that. Great. That's my pleasure. Plus it's a telling uh, story, which we love. Exactly. Yeah. So again, if, I mean, if anybody, if you're interested in the course, um, either you'll, you'll see it if it's live at leotoceo.com, you'll see it there, or, um, you could just shoot me an email, Adam at leotoceo.com. Um, heck you can, you can even text me if you want to at 720-445-8098. Just let me know that you're interested in the law enforcement transition course. I'll add you to my list and make sure that you get notified when that comes out. Uh, Amanda, I would like to, I'm going to ask you an open-ended question here, but do you have any closing thoughts, anything that you feel passionately that we should have covered and haven't done so already? Sure. Absolutely. So the biggest thing is believe in yourself. Lots of people have made this transition. It's sometimes challenging. There are a lot of resources out there now, including this podcast, that were not available five or 10 years ago. And so there, there are a lot of people that are helping people make those transitions, helping them learn from the lessons that they had to learn the hard way. We don't have to haze people into working in the private sector. So 
there's a really supportive community and there's lots of resources out there. Adam, Scott, Carlos, there's like a clubhouse that we're doing weekly uh, now. Um, so there's lots of resources and people that are willing to be out there and, and pay it forward and really help you transition compassionately. And you can do it. They all did too. And you have a lot more resources. Yeah, there, there's a lot of resources out there right now. And that's what that's what I think is really cool. This demand, you know, has obviously, you know, been there. It, it really took off here in the last year. And there have been people that have just been stepping in and stepping up to fulfill that. You know, I mean, Carlos and Scott and uh, obviously this need, it it was for me evolved out of this podcast. You know, just I started getting responses from people that were asking well, what do I do? How do I start my business? And what, you know, what do I do about this? And how do I market? And, and I was like, wow, there's, there's really a need here. And I just had to tell myself, I'm like, well, if not me, then who, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, it's, I'll step up and, and see what I can do to, to help this audience. And so it's really cool. And thank you for doing that as well. If you want to go ahead and I don't know, maybe you want to give a shout out to your fellow coasties or you want to um, like tell pe- <laughs> tell people where they can connect with you, uh, either one or both. Uh, please do. Sure. Go ahead. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So uh, but prior to this, we didn't go into my sort of pre-Facebook no, life, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I used to work for the Navy and then I worked for the Coast Guard as a civilian both times. And um, so, yeah, so shout out to all of my my military brethren even though I was a civilian, you know, uh, we all support sort of the same mission and just understand that you're not bound by the story that, that you're holding right now. Each, each chapter, you have the opportunity to kind of rewrite your own story. I was an art major before I started working for the military. And then I went from sort of very blindsided thinking, I'm just going to work for the federal government my whole life to, you know, stepping out into the world. And, and now I work at Facebook and, it's been a huge growing experience for me and a huge learning experience and and just just a huge place of growth. But where that started was me looking at my skills and not just the story by which I was bound. So yeah. I started seeing my skills as actually marketable far beyond exactly what I was doing. And so everyone has these skills and it's about finding those places where it's the skills that give you energy that you want to kind of move forward with. And it's, you know, it's okay if it's not the same thing that Adam's doing. And it's okay if it's not the same thing that I'm doing. We have to be sort of authentically who we are because we all have skills that we can share. And um, and we don't have to, to stay in the same mold. Life is long. We can have more adventures. Yeah. Okay. And everybody can connect with you on LinkedIn, right? Absolutely. Connect with me on LinkedIn. I will help you with, with your resume to the extent that I have the capacity, but if not, I have some great recommendations for other people that can help you um, even more. Awesome. Well, we'll link to your LinkedIn profile on the show notes page for this episode. Amanda, thanks for coming on the show. That was awesome conversation. I genuinely enjoy chatting with you. I could just, I could just picture sitting down and just hanging out and drinking coffee for hours on end, just chatting. Let's do so, it. Um, Let's thank do you. It. Yeah. Yeah. You're in, you're in California, aren't you? I am. Mm-hmm. You come visit oh. me in the Bay Area. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I won't be in the Bay Area, but I'll be in California in two weeks. Something like okay. that. Yeah. So, Are you going to GSX? Um, we didn't talk about GSX. No, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to give a keynote for a different organization. So, oh. Yeah. Yeah. All down right. In, well, just outside of LA. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. 
Well, you can catch me if you if you are part of ASIS. Uh, I'll be speaking at the GS, GSX conference in Orlando in September online. Oh, so that sounds come, awesome. Come meet me in person. Cool. All right. Amanda, thanks for being on the show. All right. Thanks, Adam. Hey, thanks for sticking around till the end of the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review at psi.chat forward slash review. I would love to hear your feedback and it will also help other public safety innovators like yourself find the show. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. Just go to psi.chat, click on episodes and search this episode number and you'll find all the links, descriptions and resources we talked about. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch you guys on the next episode.